What's up, everybody? Engage Podcast is back. It's Thursday. Oh, ooh, what is it? Wednesday. Listen, my day's running together. This is what happens when you do shows a month out. But it is episode 24, and we're excited about this show. It is titled The Next Generation of Black Male Educators. And in case you ain't seen the screen, it's, some, it's, it's just five brothers on the screen, and we're about to talk education, and we're excited. But before we do that, got some housekeeping, so make sure you go and subscribe to our YouTube page, the Engage, Engage Podcast. Like the Facebook page, Engage Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Engage underscore podcast. And then this show, listen, when you when you tune in and you chat the show, I want you to use the hashtag, hashtag BME Engage, Black Male Educator Engage. So again, use that hashtag when you share, when you like it. That's BME Engage. Make sure you share and like this. So we're about to jump right in. So we're going to start like we always start with check-ins. The first, what, two months of school, so I get it cracking. So how's the first two months of school been? It's been good. We are in year three of this COVID school year, which um, is, is has its challenges like the previous years. But definitely, I'm excited because this year, we're putting rigor and student achievement back in the forefront. And that's what I'm most excited about. Well, yes, we are still keeping kids safe, but we are putting rigor and student achievement back in the forefront of, of everybody's mind. So that's principals and as teachers and as parents and as kids, we talking about whether kids are learning. And so I'm excited that we're able to been diving into this PD cycle over questioning and DOK levels with Sanders lately. And so ready for uh, Friday, we got an all-staff PD. And so we got going to close the loop on this PD cycle on questioning. And so just excited about that. So that's that's my check-in for these two months of school. Uh, who we got? Uh, Ball, man. W what's been going on out there in, in Cali? Whew. It's been wild, fellas. It's been wild. Um, you know, just to, to let everybody in, you know, my my family. Uh, COVID actually started. And so really the last three weeks, um, the family's been impacted. Um, everybody's back, and we're up on our feet and everything. And I tell you what, that was uh, – you know, it was a trying uh, couple weeks for, for the school site. And, you know, that that old adage, you know, when the principal gets a cold, the whole school gets a flu. Like, that was no joke. That was no joke, fellas, because, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was I was laid up and, you know, I'm getting calls here and there. And, you know, what do we do with this? What do we do with that? And, uh, you know, and it was funny because I've been back this week um, and uh, one of my uh one of my new supervisors that helps us with uh, with lunch. He's like, you know, you're like that police car that they just sit out in the in the uh, in the shopping center. Like, ain't nobody in there, but you know, just your presence, your presence, Mister Ball. We just need your presence, and so you know that makes you feel real good. I mean, obviously, I don't want to, I don't want losing my staff, making you know, feeling like I'm a police officer. But the bottom line is, you know, uh, we have an important role here at school, and, and when you're not here leading the show. Um, things can go a little haywire. So, you know, but I want to definitely give a shout out to my assistant principal, uh, Ms. Norris. Uh, she stepped up big time. Um, you know, I, I've been raving about her since uh, I was able to bring her in last February. And, you know, she stepped up. She she continues to step up. She continues to push me, ask all the right questions, and, and just has that mindset that you need as an instructional leader and as a school building leader. So um, just just much love to Miss Norris and how she stepped up. And really all of my really stepped up in my in, in my uh, stay last week. But, you know, I'm excited to get things going. Um, we've got seven uh, new teachers, like brand new teachers on my campus. And so we are putting together a new teacher academy that we're starting next week. And so I'm excited to, you know, have this conversation today um, because it's it's going to spark some ideas for for me and my staff as we support, help support our, our youngsters. Doc, uh, what you got? What's hey, up? Go ahead. Hey, man, I'm glad you and the family are doing well, man. But shout out definitely you. to your to your AP that stepped up, man, because I think that's yeah, you saw it up posted up there, man. Hire your replacement. You know, that, that AP is like that backup quarterback, right? You you don't – when that starter's going to go down, but when they go down, you got to be ready. And so the good ones are always ready to step up. But, man, we're definitely glad you and the family uh, uh, made it through it and uh, you back with your school family. Appreciate it. So what's up, fellas? Uh, once again, yeah, boy, I'm glad you, you know, you back, you know, full force, you know, rocking. So, you know, shout out to you and the family and the AP. We, you know, we, we've had the AP shows. We talked about APs pretty much since we came on. So, um Man, it's, it's been good. I, Dave talked about the PD cycle that they're in. Uh, we just started 
um, a cycle for us that we um, are in week two of around tools to support active student student engagement. Um, so basically, me and my instructional coach went in last Thursday. We facilitated PD with each grade level, um, basically modeled to them what that active student engagement should look like, used a couple of different structures. Um, and then, you know, Monday, when we started doing walkthroughs to start to see that stuff implemented, you know, it just felt good to see that the work and the stuff that you did um, is actually being implemented in class and really pushing kids forward. Um, in that process. Um, and then I got to shout out my team, you know, my two APs and my instructional coach. Um, I've been telling people, you know, all week long, it feels good when you can, you know, give somebody something and not have to worry about if it's going to get done or not. Like, no, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like you did it yourself. So uh, shout out to my APs, Mr. Moore, Ms. Williams, and then my uh, brand new instructional coach, Ms. Schaefer, uh, who's out here doing their thing. Um, so, and then, you know, I'm, I'm about to, you know, be on the road here soon. So it's good to have those people running things. So I'm going to nap town in a couple months. And then I'm also uh, going to be presenting a couple of times for the uh, Missouri Association of Elementary School Principals. And then I'm going to be gone the first week of October to be, uh, be a facilitator for the outdoor leadership experience for the Department of Education for Missouri. So, uh, you know, it's good to have people to, to run, the, run the show when you ain't here. So, but I'm super, super, super geeked about this show. We've been trying to get this show together for about two months now. And now we finally got some rock stars in the building. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, black male educators. And we always been asking that question of, you know, why is it we can't get more black male educators to go into education? And I think we got two rock stars who are going to talk about why they chose the field of education and then give us some insight on how we can get more black male educators or black males to go into the field of education. So we're going to give each one of them a few minutes to kind of just talk about themselves, give us their background. Uh, so we're going to start out with Mr. Joshua. Uh, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, what you do, and uh, just kind of your career aspirations. What's good? What's good? Uh, my name's Josh. Josh Rivera. I am in the building. Excited to be here. Always excited uh, to just be an inspiration for someone who's also listening and just to be with you guys. I love your energy as well. Um, I'm here at uh, KU majoring in music and education as my, my junior year. Um, and what um, inspired me in, in being in music is just the, the, the fun of it. And also just being with uh, the being able to play music, something that I love and the teaching of it is teaching others that really don't know of it and don't know the history of it and where it comes from as well and why they play it and everything like that and going in detail. What I grew up on was being in church, of course, <laughs> that kid in church, always singing, always hearing the, the music and people getting excited for what they're doing. And so um, the only problem with it is um, just the, the hearing part. They're, it was always coming to them. I was always coming to them. And they're like, man, you just got to hear it. You got to go with it. You got to feel it. And it's like, but do you know those chords? And it's like, nah, bro, we just playing. I'm like, oh, snaps. <laughs> See, I think that's where the slip up is. I come to school, people now laughing and saying, you got to know the core, man. You got to, you can have fun with it. The hard part is the ear. But of course, you got to you got to know what you're doing and actually teach somebody what you're doing. And that and that really opens your eyes even to the world and like hearing people. And, and that's just a big, big way um, of having fun as well with that. Um, and I, I believe that's that's kind of enough about myself and why I'm, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, hold on, Josh. You didn't answer the question, man. Are you KK Sai? You KK Sai or what? There it is, right there. KK Sire, nah. What? Ah, oh, dang. I don't know. I don't know what uh, KK Sire. Oh, no, hey, listen. All right, look. So those that don't know, KK Sire is a uh, it's a it's a band fraternity, but it's huge at HBCUs, man. Like it's it's up there with the Divine Nine. So, dang. Okay, I can give a yeah. shout out. I'm not in AK Sire, but I'm in Five Mu Alpha. That's a, a men's fraternity. I'm gonna give him a shout, man. It's okay. it's definitely a, a fun fraternity to be a part of. Definitely just <laughs> just hanging out. So. That's about it. <laughs> so, and then, so we have our, our next guest, Mr. Javen Betts. Uh, big shout out to Javen. I've been knowing Javen since his freshman year in high school. Uh, I remember I went to a career fair at their school. He came up and talked to me. He was like, you know, Dr. Smith, I want to be an educator. And we just connected and we've been kind of vibing ever since then. So, uh, Mr. Betts, go ahead and tell people a little bit about yourself. And then shout out to also Ashley, who I see in the comments. Good evening, everybody. Uh, big shout out again to Dr. Smith. Been a major mentor to me again since uh, freshman year of high school. So I do appreciate him and all of your time um, on the show tonight. Um, so I'm Javen Betts, as they said, um, I'm a junior here at the University of Kansas, uh, majoring in elementary education and minoring in finance. 
Um, so I do aspire to be a school district superintendent. Um, and so that that for me is big. Um, I'm big on leadership um, and I'm very involved here on campus. So just a few things that I'm involved in. I'm the newly elected Black Student Union president. So that's been an adventure uh, this school year, um, trying to get that improved, um, implementing new initiatives, social outlets, and networking opportunities for our community here at KU, you know, which is a predominantly white institution. Um, I'm also the co-founder of an organization called Teach KU here. Um, when I got here, there was no organizations for multicultural educators um, in the School of Education. And so I'm like, um, there was another black male in our black student union. And I'm like, why is there no organizations for what we aspire to do? They have, uh, you know, accountant organizations in the business school for people of color. And I'm like, why does the school of education not have that? So if you don't see it, you should create it. And that's what we did. Um, and that is uh, to prepare um, future diverse educators um, to navigate a Eurocentric profession, essentially. Um, and then I'm a multicultural scholar here on campus and then an ambassador for our School of Education here at KU. So that's just a little bit about me um, and my leadership experience here. So. So we're going to just kind of jump in. So uh, kind of give you a little history of the show. Uh, we started out basically uh, over a year ago on Unk Show, who is the one in the background producing for us. Um, and we did a show with, about black male educators, you know, black male leaders, and really just talked about who inspired us. And, you know, what was it that caused us to go into education um, and why did we want to be an educator? So we kind of just want to hear your story about, like, what, what inspired you to go into the field of education? You know, was it a teacher? Was it, you know, a person, a situation, a circumstance? So just kind of talking about what was that inspiration? Because when we talk to a lot of black male educators, they choose education as a secondary career because they usually went to college to do something else and they kind of fall into education. But it sounds like from both of y'all, y'all kind of went in knowing that you wanted to be an educator from jump. So we just kind of want to kind of hear what inspired you to go into the field of education. So we'll start with you, Mr. Betts. Um, so I have a few things that inspired me uh, to go into the field of education. I knew what I wanted to do in high school. Um, and people thought I was crazy because I said, you know, this is what I want to do. They were like, oh, you'll change your mind 20 times before, you know, you graduate college. And I'm like, no, I think I know what I want to do. And, I, and I'll say that it has been times that I've like thought about um, detouring, but something always leads me back um, to, to what it is. And so I'll say first, it was I always knew I wanted to be in public service and leadership. Um, and so education was that, that go-to for me. Um, I come from a family of educators. Um, so it really wasn't a, a big choice, you know, to follow in their footsteps. And so that leads me to the second reason. Um, my mom has been in education the past 25 years. Um, so seeing her impact on, um, the field of special education specifically, how she's built relationships, um, and really, really motivated students and got results from special education students when people didn't even believe that special education was, you know, something that was capable of being valued. Um, so seeing her results made me want to be an educator because if you can get a special education student to achieve to the highest level, you can do anything. And so that was, that was really um, impactful for me. Um, also, the lack of representation. I, I am a product of the Kansas City, Kansas School District, proudly um, an urban school district. And so the majority of our students were diverse, yet the staff did not reflect that. The staff was the opposite of the uh, student population. So for me, that was, that was important to see somebody that looked like me. Um, we always had teachers that were from other areas that truly didn't understand us. They didn't understand our background. They were there because I guess, you know, they were interested in education, but they didn't understand the students that they truly serve. And so for me, that was big. And I wanted to be that representation for students. I wanted to combat systemic um, problems in education, which is why I aspire to go into leadership in education, um, because I, you know, I think it's important to uh, first, get that foundation in the classroom, be the best classroom 
teacher that you can be so that you can um, then mentor other professionals and and have that uh, background knowledge to be able to combat those systemic issues in education. Um, and then lastly was the disparities between um, urban and suburban schools. So I always, you know, was interested in the urban schools because I'm a product of the urban schools. You know, the um, the the connotation that we get is oftentimes negative. Um, you know, those students aren't deserving. Their parents aren't active in their schooling or education. Um, the expectations are low when you come in. Uh, because you, again, don't understand the students that you're serving or their potential. Um, so the disparities between that and the uh, low expectations that some of our teachers had um, was what drove me to education as well. For myself, um, man, I, I love that what Javen said, definitely just opened my mind even, even more on um, what I should think about and and uh, put my hands towards or put my head to. Um, but uh, for myself, I was in high school, definitely didn't um, didn't have music and education on my mind, even education, of course, in high school. I was all about sports cross country. I've gotten offered to um, a school for, for sports and, and running and things like that. And I want to do architecture uh, like my family. Uh, my dad's a, a construction worker and my mom as well. Um, but the thing for it is they didn't have that um, that college experience, of course. So um, for me, it's a first generation coming into uh, coming into college. Definitely was an eye opener. Um, I was. Again, a transfer student at Washburn. Um, I went to Washburn for my first time because of um, my teacher who told me Dr. Prost in, at Leavenworth High was um, telling me that it would be a great school just because of the class size. Um, but for me, I didn't know to look in um, in the rates of that. I kind of just went with it. But then um, I would say to go back, uh, a guy who told me, uh, I really could shout him out, Christopher Burnett told me, I mean, for for you being at Washburn and being um, the, skin that, the skin color that you have can uh, do something different, of course, they're gonna look at you different. And that's kind of all I was kind of motivated to do, but music again, wasn't what I thought was for me. You know, it's, it's either the sport thing, but, for, um, but getting into there um, kind of opened my eyes on um, actually, seeing the, the perspective for music and what it stands for, like theory and all that, and where that comes from and how that plays into music really, really got into the, went into detail on some things on um, what I should study on and, and kind of take hands on. But um, moving from there here to KU really opened my eyes as well. Um, again, just my sisters and brothers went here. Uh, my brother went here for architect. My sister went here for, for um for dance and things like that. I was really just looking towards it as being a follower, but then not being a follower, if that would make sense. Just the hype and the communication and connection. And I, I believe um, Washburn was that for me, but just that the hype was not there for me, if that would make sense, just for, for the music and the, um, the uplift. Um, what led me here in um, what um, the question thing? I kind of got for, uh, got mixed up with the question. If you can remind me, just really, just what what's, what has inspired you to go into education? What was it that kind of got you into the field of education? So you kind of you on the right track. Just keep okay, <laughs> I was coming off. Uh, so inspired me. What inspired me? Can, can I shout out again? Christopher Burnett inspired me um, again for for uh, jazz. People again go by ear, and I've learned that very much in church. And again, just having fun with that, people would say, hey, you know the chord, let me let me hear like a C major scale, let me hear like your B major scale. I was in at a young age, didn't know what that was. So of course it's a it's a funny action to laugh at some for somebody for, but then come back to them and they'd be like very surprised that you actually gone to college and actually studied that. And now you're like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. I want him, I want him to play with me. But again, there's there's not many of us out there. And I would say from uh, the summertime, what even brought me back to doing music, a guy, the same guy, Christopher Burnett, I went into his jazz program. And um, on the ride back, he gave me a talk about the, the um, a story about Charlie Parker, um, a man definitely inspired in Kansas City who, um, 
who's really known um, when I came to KU, a guy kind of told me that he was a guy for jazz, but he was hooked on heroin, a guy who was on drugs. And I told my teacher that, and he was like, uh, that's, that's kind of all what, you know, people who don't know very much about jazz, our culture. So they're not reading the right books. That's just what they're telling us. So that's what I kind of moved back. And I was like, okay, they're whipping out some, some words to make us look bad. But really it was just him going into the hospital and being on to that, um, hooked onto that for what has happened in his past. But um, he was just getting at the point of, there's just not enough of us that's in this education world for music and it's kind of dying down. And they say, of course, to go to an HBCU school, but then of course, coming to even a predominantly white school, it, it still needs to be an uplift in where we're at. So for me, that's just uh, my energy and bringing that into um, jazz and even into classical. And I believe with playing even classical musical, uh, classic uh, music can inspire somebody to also um, be inspired to do that teaching in a way, to also understand and get that practice in, if that makes sense as well. That's all I have for it. So, you know, appreciate y'all sharing that kind of, you know, that inspiration piece. So now, if you could just talk about like, kind of like, projecting out what's your trajectory what is it that you kind of want to see yourself doing in education um you know next moves and then kind of the long range plan for what you want to do in education so uh whichever one you want to kind of jump in with that question first um i can go ahead and start so um my trajectory is something that i always speak on so this is this now is just at the forefront of my brain uh, so next steps after college, I aspire to, again, be a good foundation teacher um, and really getting getting that that foundation uh, of being an instructional leader. Um, so because I don't think you can be a leader or a respected leader if you yourself in the is not a good classroom teacher or not a good classroom teacher. Um, so I want to be respected when I am a um, instructional leader. So that is important for me to go in and really uh, get the the basics of teaching and relationship building and uh, turnaround work, because I am interested in turnaround work. It's a hard job, but I think I'm up for the challenge. Um, and then after that, I aspire to be in grad school at the uh, same time that I'm teaching um, and then getting my master's in educational leadership and policy. Um, and then hopefully uh, move into an administrative role and then uh, applying to a uh, EDD program um, in leadership and policy analysis with a superintendent certificate. Um, so then I can just move into uh, district level leadership. And then my ultimate goal after being a superintendent is to be able to go into private consulting um, and maybe even working for the U.S. Department of Education to work as a school district improvement officer um, and do consulting work around the U.S. for districts that uh, need improvement. So, I got a, I got a question, Don. Hey, how do you, Javen? I'm 20. Hey, man, when I was 20, bro, I was not thinking about any of that. <laughs> okay. So shout out to you, man, for real. No, no real talk for having having that clear vision, man. Like like step by step. Because I mean, I listen. When I was twenty, first of all, I just became an alpha when I was twenty. So that's a story for another day. I knew I wanted to get into teaching, man. But but I wish right that not only me but even other and not educators but black men in college right now have that type of forethought of like the things that they want to do step by step. Because as long as you know where you want to go, you're not going to allow things to knock you off that. That's your deck, man. So shout out to you, man, for, for being clear on that vision and speaking it because that's the main thing, right? Like you speaking it and sharing it with the world and putting it out there. And so shout out to you for that, man. Make sure within that you 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 have some fun because you only be to be in your twenties once. That's once you know that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Josh. How about you? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're not. If you haven't seen Drumline, that's what the goal is. 
to be on an HBCU stand and being in Atlanta, maybe probably just being in the HBCU. I really, really hope to be a, a director, even on the side. I want to be a, a either a choir director for a college or um, an assistant for um, a college uh, for marching band. Even if it's for pep bands, I don't care. I just love the blasting of those trombones, of course, or the saxophones for jazz bands. I could be an instructor for that. But for that, um, the latter there, I'll start here with my, my bachelor's and then go off to, to Boston and get uh, my master's. Um, I think it's Boston University. I'll go off to there to get my master's in music and then um, come kind of in the area um, or a just see where that goes, to be honest, because it is kind of a struggle to uh, to them get your tests out the way and get your conducting exams out the way and see if you can go for that PhD. So it can't be that struggle for me. So um, that's about it. Hopefully that lands me in the direction or somebody looking at me to be like, OK, you can you can tag along and be a part of this band and also be in that that setting still behind an orchestra or something like that or an assistant. So. Just know, Josh, Atlanta A&T is not a real school, okay? It is. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, for real though, like, what, what, what instruments do you play though on the real? Like, what, what instruments do you, know, do you play? I play the tennis sax. That's my main instrument. And uh, secondary would be voice. I can sing as well. Okay. Are you doing any practicals or anything right now in schools or stuff like that? Practicums meaning. Um, are, you, like, getting, are you getting the experience in schools? Uh, oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm coming into uh, I'm getting a little talk with the principal at Warren Middle School down there just to to see if I can sit in and then trying to get some lessons from here and there with some that are kind of like conducting classes. I would say if that's a practicum to kind of get that that feel of beginning band. So, but I'm I'm in that level of wanting to teach in the high school and college levels. So. Well, if you want to drive down to Kansas City, I just hired a black male band teacher. So if you want to drive down to Kansas City to my school, I, I can definitely uh, get you some time in there with him. So just let me know. Hit me up. Please. So. Love, man. I kind of want to add on to, to David and out to both of you, uh, Josh and Javen. Having that clear vision is huge. And that is going to take you a long way because the – and one of the things that I found out personally, you know, the more I communicate what my goals are, the more often I find out folks around what, what do we what is this <laughs> here we go super, super producer what what is going started. on here we're trying to have a serious discussion hey. <laughs> so anyway. now that i know the direction so, of the show go ahead Bob. so before so before we go whatever that was um you know i just want to say you know there's people that are will show up ready to support you. Uh, that's one of the things that I found, you know, when you communicate what your goals are, there's, you, when you continue to put yourself in, in situations where you can reach those goals, there's going to be folks that are going to be out there for you and supporting you. So uh, that, that that's all I wanted to say. I think that, I mean, where, where are we? The, the, well, look, the so I'm going to bring us back. Uh, so, so super producer, if you could put that last comment up there. Because I was literally thinking this when Josh was talking, when he was talking about wanting to get into music and things like that. So the comment says, uh, loving the music talk. I play the flute from age 7 to 16. Too bad there aren't enough arts programs in the schools. Listen, I'm telling you, those arts programs are, 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 are much needed in schools, particularly when you have schools of students of color. Because sometimes it's, that's the anchor that's going to help a kid in other subjects, right? In math and ELA, because they have something to look forward to. But that's where kids' hidden talents are. So again, Josh, you're in a, in a great situation to infuse the love back into music, right? Because listen, some of the best teachers in, 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 our, in the history of our people came from the church. Those Sunday school teachers were some of the best teachers in the neighborhood, right? That preacher is, was one of the best teachers within that community, man. So shout out to you, definitely. For sure, for, for both of y'all, really, but I, I definitely want to highlight that piece of the arts, man. Get get those black boys playing tenor, axe, flute, the trombone, the violin, all those things, man. So, so both of y'all keep striving, man, but definitely, definitely uh, appreciate that and wanted to highlight that comment. Just one more thing with the with the whole arts component. So I I, I listen to Sirius XM. I don't know if you're familiar with the um, Sirius um, 
Channel 126 has some live shows on there. Uh, Karen Hunter is one of my favorite. We had a, a young man on Kevin Jackman. Are you familiar with him? He's kind of a he, he's in social media. Keats did it is so handle on TikTok and Instagram. But he he's he like he's in the sciences and he raps um the 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 but check check him out on social media. He's he's it sounds like a similar background to you, and he's in in that. But he's not in the education. He's just he's a content creator full time right now. So just want to throw that out there. So I, I do want to talk about because uh, one piece that Javen brought up. Um, he talked about representation and how that matters. You know, and um, and one of the things I want to highlight on. You know, Javen probably not going. You know probably brag on himself, but Javen uh, went to Sumner Academy in KCK, which is the top high school in Kansas. One of the top, uh, I believe top 10 high schools in the country, uh, a college preparatory school that you have to test to get into um, as well. And he was a, a leader on campus there as well, but he talked a lot about representation and how there was a lack of belief from teachers in him. And just think he went to one of the top schools and the top school in the state. And he felt that way. So just imagine the other kids who are not going to, those top schools and how they feel about the teachers that standing in front of them in their classroom. Um, my daughter went to the same school with him. That's how, you know, me and Javen actually met. Um, and that's one of the things that I would always tell people that about Sumner Academy and no knock on Sumner Academy, but I just feel like the teachers in my building would teach circles around those teachers because those teachers didn't know how to teach because they felt like if you didn't want to learn, we just send you back to another school. We don't have to really sit here and teach you. So, but I want you both to kind of just, if you could just real quickly, I know Javen talked about it, but Josh, if you could talk about it from your standpoint of the, the importance of representation in education, especially black male representation. I was just going to piggyback then with the school as well. Uh, not knocking hard on Leavenworth High at all, but I came into to jazz in high school and um, it was mind blowing for me because Jazz wasn't even my thing, but I, I made it my thing and it became fun. But the thing about it is them being in church and knowing how to do all that, you know, knowing the blue scale and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that my uh, my director was white. So what he had done, not to knock on him or nothing like that, he was having fun as well. He loved it. He loved jazz, but he, he did not know what those chords were either. So um, what he had done is invited a guy in and his name was Christopher Burnett. He uh, taught me and the class some things about chords and where they're going. Again, a black man coming in to teach jazz. So it was just like kind of knocking down the actual man who actually knew what you know jazz is saying. Oh my gosh, this is my jazz band, bringing them to competitions and for the, the black man to be in the background to be like, okay, well, I taught this, this kind of stuff. And he, he, you're playing the music that I taught the kids. So, um, I feel like that should be well known or brought out because now um, in the summer he's taken he's taken advantage of even bringing up a um, bringing up his own thing with music and, and and teaching the kids what the root is what the second dominant and things like that is because it's it's getting lost with someone who is white who's teaching something that they have no kind of privilege over because you you think of it uh, Charlie Brown not Charlie Brown but uh, Charlie Parker. And um, I can name them off. Charlie Parker and, and Jamie, uh, who would not Jamie Foxx, uh, Charlie Parker and uh, other saxophonists. I have them off the back of my hand, but other, all those saxophones, saxophonists played those notes just because of what they felt and what they were going through back in those days. And it, it brought them out in the way of slavery and all that. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, they take advantage of that and switch it around. And it's just kind of putting us in that um, in that blind mode or, or, and it's just like, OK, OK. And it's like you can't really teach it and you got to feel it. That's all you have to do. You got to feel it and have fun with it. And that's not what they're doing. They're just like, oh, you know, you got to read it. This is how you got to do it, which is cool. But then it's like, OK, what is what is the bottom of this? Why do they play that? And that's what he goes over. And that's what I kind of want to do. And what, what motivated me is to bring that out in the world and and to make that program to teach those the real the real thing you know about where why they play that and what's their background you know playing playing that i believe there's a, a lady who also inspired me from last year she had came at to ku and um talked about what the the player like charlie parker what's his background instead of just playing their piece and that really broke down i almost broke down because that that goes into to so much to just play somebody's piece and not even recognize them. 
it's hard to be like, okay, well, this is Charlie Parker. Let's just play it. And you're playing it with so much rhythm, so much, oh, this is good. But then it's just like, okay, but what did that, what did that dude do? Like talk about why he played that, you know? So um, going back into high school, um, that's what lifted me up to also just do that in, in college. Cause I feel like, again, if I know that, and if I know in detail and, and not just know, just, you know, what, in, what's in the, um, what a white man is telling me, but really know, but what, what is the, um, the book, the real book is telling me like the, the, the background of somebody's story and telling, telling me what they're actually going through and why I'm, why I'm even in music. Why, why is, what's the importance of playing music if there's no cause? Like, so the guy who is Christopher Burnett is like, the reason why you need to play music is because this is, this is our heritage. This is our culture. This is what got us out of slavery you know so it's just like you know to bring that down and not talk about it, it's kind of like they're they're blindfolding us like again to not even even see that you know just to be like okay this is just somebody give us a little a little a summary of it or a sliver of it it's kind of they're they're kind of um getting away of that race in a way not to say race they don't even touch it they're not trying to even touch it because it gets so deep. It gets so deep. And I'm just mad because it's just like, man, I want to know about this man. I want to know about this girl who was singing Fitzgerald, why she is singing that, why she has so much tone in her voice. And it's just like, well, uh, we don't want to tell you that reason because they're just no, they just know the bad things and not the good things, really. So uh, that's that's why I'm here. I want to know the truth and I want to know why. Um, I, I'm, I'm here right now. So to play music and that, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people are out there for. And they're going to, if they get that truth, it's going to go so far to where people are just like, shoot. I don't even know why we even took advantage of that. Yeah. You look stupid because it's hard stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's all I have to say for it. And then Jay, I would do, you know, if you could hit it more on that, on that representation, but I, I do want you to also hit a point because, you know, as long, when I first talked to you, you know, you want to be a social studies teacher, um, but you said you have recently switched over to elementary. And my boy, uh, David McGuire, the principal of Tinley Summit Elementary School out in Naptown, one of the top schools out there. So just talk about like the reason why you switched over and, you know, and the importance of representation at the elementary level. And then I want David to kind of talk about that as well, since he's an elementary principal, that representation at the elementary level as well. So this was something um, really that took a lot of thought. Um, I had to consult with a lot of, you know, my mentors and I had to consult with my mom and family members and had to pray about it um, because I really thought that, you know, high school was where I wanted to be. I just wanted to be in secondary um, and it was kind of the stigma. Well, you're a black male. You just need to um, teach the higher levels because that's really where we uh, see males. And then if we see a black male educator, they're usually in the secondary uh, realm. But then I had people talk to me and then I prayed about it and I wasn't happy in the programs that I was in. So I, I started off uh, secondary social studies and I thought I liked social studies, but then I found out, well, you just are interested in black history. Um, and that and that really was not near touched on in the program. Um, so I was in for a rude awakening for that. Um, and then I said, well, maybe English, because I had a very impactful uh, English teacher in high school and I love reading and writing. And then I got into that and I'm like, no, 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 I'm still not fulfilled. Um, and then I switched over to the elementary ed program and the classes just fulfilled me. Um, I just I just had a sigh of relief. Um, I went in and shadowed in elementary classrooms. And I just really, really felt that I needed to be there. Uh, one, there is literally absolutely no male representation and then black male representation at all. Um, and I had this experience this summer that really solidified my decision. I was a camp counselor for our uh, local community college, partnered with this non-for-profit organization that I've been interning with um, the past few years. Um, and it's serving um, underprivileged uh, children in District 500, which is the Kansas City, Kansas public schools. Um, and so they put me at a site that didn't have any behavior issues. But then there was this site that had major behavior issues. It was uh, 15 males that were uh, of color um, and they had two female um, counselors. And so they the director asked me like, out of nowhere, like, 
you know, would you mind if we just switched you over here? We need male representation. Um, the kids, the behavior problems are just atrocious. And at first I was like, why me? Like, why are you switching me? There, there was no other camp counselors that could go. Um, but it ended up being an opportunity. It really was an opportunity for me. And it was actually a blessing that I got switched um, over there. At first, it was, again, uh, the first day we had about 10 fights uh, when I walked in. But by the end of the summer, we had built such bonds, or I had built such bonds with the, the boys um, that they literally were sad because they thought I was getting a new job. And I was like, I should have. No. <laughs> but um, um, it was just so impactful for me. And just talking to them, uh, building those relationships, um, and really setting that presence right there was that was it for me. And I knew uh, that was where I belong. So, man, that 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 story about elementary as a black male. So, as mentioned, I'm a principal at elementary school, and I and I got to definitely give some flowers to uh, Miss Kelly Marshall, who was also shouted out on Eight Black Hands this past Sunday, but. When she was my CEO, man, she pulled me from a middle school and put me in an elementary school and just was, talked to me about the importance of these black boys and these black girls. And even, you know, the white girls and the white boys seeing a black male as their leader at that age. Right. And just the power that comes with that at that early age to see a black male leader. One of the biggest regrets I have now is that when I did student teaching, I did student teaching for fourth grade. I quit after a day and switched to secondary. I was like, nah, these little kids ain't for me. But as I look back, I wish I would have stayed. The joy of the, the times I've been able to get into a classroom when teachers have been out and teach. Man, I love teaching elementary, man. Like I, I could imagine having my own class with my own set of 25 kids the whole school year and growing those bonds that you don't get in high school because you just have kids rotating out, right? You never get to lock in with that, that core group. And so there's just power with that, that you can shape these kids. And kids never forget their elementary teachers, right? whether it's first grade, second grade, third, fourth, they never forget those elementary teachers. Those middle school and high school teachers, I mean, if they were impactful, you remember them, but you know who your third grade teacher is because you probably only had one, right? You know who your fourth grade teacher is because you probably had that one. And so, man, definitely shout out to you. Stick with elementary because that foundational is key. We got too many kids and, and Doc and Ball can tell you going into middle schools, they can't read, they can't add and subtract two-digit numbers. Hell, can't even abstract one-digit numbers. But they didn't get that foundation. Somebody then pouring them the love of reading, the love of math, the love of science, the love of social studies, the love of music, right? And all that starts at that foundation, man. We got to put kids on the right trajectory to be successful in school. And if kids have a terrible elementary experience, the likelihood of them enjoying school is, is a lot, a lot, lot smaller. So definitely shout out to you, man, and peace and blessings on that elementary thing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and something else I wanted to add real quick with representation was um, it just came to me. Um, I had a teacher, again, that was impactful in high school, and uh, she she always told me that representation matters in the schools that don't with students that do not look like you as well. Um, so for those students, you know, I wanted to put that out there is that I do have a passion for the inner city schools um, and the kids that you know, uh, the majority of the student population resembles my resembles me. But there's also those students that look like us in those suburban districts that need us as well. Um, and representation matters there as well. So I just wanted to add that. Hey, and yeah, we got a stand offer for both of y'all in Indianapolis. We got everything you need. It's a great place to raise a family. We got beautiful women, one of which was in the timeline earlier. And it's just plenty of them, and we're growing. <laughs> we host the Super Bowl. We got the national championship this year. I mean, you listen, Indy's that sleeper, man. Folks be sleeping on Indy. So, Doc goes uh, in uh, November. But, hey, for real, whether it's a job or not, I definitely will say, man, I know all of us, and I, I can probably speak for the fellas too, man, whatever y'all need. Uh, I, I know Doc's already played a, a, a huge role. But whatever y'all need, man, to support you on this journey, I want to make sure that we can support you, uh, be a thought partner. But, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely got uh, – there you go, family in Indiana, man. If you ever want to move to Indy, man, at Naptown, man. Amen. It's a city that actually never sleeps. But anyway, <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> hey, we definitely don't find – 
we gonna find what? out. We gonna find out because I'm touching down on November third. We touching down. So and it, it's going down, man. We gonna go to sunset. Oh, sorry, wrong show. My bad. <laughs> hey, so so Dave, you did hit upon something though. You know, talked about you know basically you know extending that arm out. So I want to hear from you know you young fellas, kind of two things. Um, and we we kind of round it up. We got about 15 minutes left on the show, but I do want to touch on two things. One uh, is why is it that more black males aren't going into education. I know within your circles that you deal with, and like you said, Javen, a lot of people try to talk you out of it. So just what are some of the things that you're hearing on why black males aren't choosing the field of education? Because like I said, we have our thoughts and the people that we, we you know, we believe and we talk to, but we want to hear directly from you because that's your circle that you run with. But then also, you know, what is it that us, you know, older generation, um, what can we do to kind of reach back and help y'all along your path as you kind of move into the field of education? I'll go ahead and start. Um, so I wrote a few things down with that. Um, so I guess the um, what I can speak to first is the black males not going into education. Um, and I've really been like, you know, studying this. Like, why don't they? I don't see anybody that looks like me in my class. But it really comes down to Black males generally have negative experiences within their K through 12 schooling experience. Um, and so when you go to school uh, from kindergarten through 12th grade and you have a negative experience, why would you want to go back and teach in a school? Like, I just want to get away from school. I've had a negative experience for all these years. Um, I've had nothing but people um, dictating orders to me. Why would I want to go back and spend the rest of my life in a school building or in, in the realm of education. So that, that's there. Um, and that goes with representation. We have nobody that can truly connect to us, which then is a chain reaction of why we have these negative experiences because we are instructed by people who don't really understand us. So then we're misunderstood. And then that then creates discipline problems. They you know label us as a disciplinary problem. And then which then uh, uh, directly affects the uh, discipline rates. Um, you see that black males are suspended at much higher rates than anybody else in a school building. So then when you have these things going on, these negative experiences propel uh, black males away from the field of education. Um, also the salary scare. Um, and I see a lot of this in college because people have been conditioned to go after money instead of passion and impact. Um, and I see that in, in, in at KU, but in college in general, um, is that people are following money um, and then they end up, they end up miserable. Um, and so there's no one, there's no mentors um, that are there to really talk them through that process of impact and passion. Um, and so then, they they really go into a field that they're not really passionate about, which they would be bomb educators, but because they didn't have any mentorship, they then, you know, lose that fire um, in which they really could have been an impactful uh, educator. Um, and I think they need more people to tell you that the money will come. You have to follow your passion. And if you have passion, the money will follow. Um, and then... Um, we're not exposed to the field of education like we are all these other um, fields. I remember when I went to uh, shadow uh, Dr. Smith in his building, something that he said that stuck with me is that why do we not have a education career pathway in, in our high schools? Um, like that's important. They have the medical field, they have uh, business, all of these things, but they don't have, we're educators. We're educating children, but then are, why are we not proud of our profession? So then that directly uh, impacts why you wouldn't choose it as well. Because if you see uh, your educators uh, constantly bashing the profession, why would I want to go into it? Um, so then there's that. Those are my reasonings for why, you know, a lot of Black males aren't going into the field and then as I talk toward um, how we can get more in the field is hosting podcasts like this and those uncomfortable conversations um, that really allow you to do that critical thinking about your passion and the impact you want to have if you want to go into public service. Um, 
So we need people that will introduce them to the profession that resembles them, um, such as like a conference. Uh, Amplify and KC is something that I've really been looking at. Um, and I think that is like so awesome that our, our educators of color come together and then celebrate our profession. You know, celebrate that is a big thing for me. Um, and then allowing them in buildings when you're in these positions. So giving back, uh, you know, uh, mentorship, allowing other black males to come in and see what's going on in the classrooms, your buildings, in the district level, all of that is so important because we need that, that direct field experience um, to be able to really resonate with us and the impact that we want to have. Um, also, again, just being a mentor in a Eurocentric field, um, something when I went to the uh, Black Student Government Conference two years ago for the Big 12, uh, one of the speakers was saying that everybody needs a, a mentor and sponsor. And so we really need mentors. Um, and what she termed a mentor as is someone that looks like you, that you can be vulnerable with in the profession that you want to go into. So we really need mentors to give us the lowdown on this is what you're up against. So, you know, um, as David said, as, you know, an elementary principal, he, you know, as a mentor, he would really like let me know what I'm up against as I'm applying for uh, elementary positions and what to look out for um, with staff demographics and how you navigate those systems and things like that, which all of all educators could do, but you know, you can't really do it unless you resemble me um, and it resonate with me. Um, and then, so yeah, that that's all I really had. Yeah, for, I, I definitely agree with all that Javin has said. Um, with first starting off with the mindset of, um, you have to have that positive mindset, of course, and always uh i would say just the mindset is a problem maybe <laughs> just to start with the problem first and then doing a solution and mindset is is definitely um hearing from others and that again is culture of maybe your background if your mom hasn't done it then you can't do it if your dad didn't do it you can't do it or if your mom and dad are not together what, what makes you think that you can't or you can go into college it's things like that or a word like that definitely um gets those black uh, black people now and not going into schools or just uh, only seeing videos that are bad. I think when I grew up, um, it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, seeing seeing with somebody of a disability was just like, oh, definitely, I don't want to have that in my class or something like that. Just seeing the bad side of it. Just like, actually, there's a good side of it. You get to teach them how to do um, how to do good, you know, and how to how how to uh, get them to where they need to be at, you know, in the world. And and that includes music. You're only seeing people who's failing at music, you know, of a man that's black. You're only seeing him fail and not succeed. So it's just like, well, actually, he made a music. He made a whole album. Actually, you come to college and he made a albums upon albums to to this man who's now getting money off of that. And it's just like people like that. Definitely, again, it's not teaching that history, and they're only teaching the bad things. So um, just being able to to ask that that question of actually going into that that deep in detail of what happened to that person um <laughs> significant so then um also i would say money as well with javin people coming into school think or just thinking okay i, I need to come in just for the money and just going in for money not really not really the thing again just chasing after your passion and doing what's right and um again telling in the positive way um it's, it's not because of time um Again, having these podcasts are really uplifting. I'm also trying to start a podcast here um, on KU campus to seeing to encourage those um, that that has accomplished those little things, you know, getting those awards, you know, a football player getting a touchdown or getting a tackle and actually announcing his name in the radio show, even even, you know, just to invite him and talk about those things. What encouraged you to come here to KU and, and what's your biggest dream? Where do you see yourself in the future and um, who inspired you? You know, some of the some of the questions that you guys have really have uplifted 
gifted me to do what I'm do more uh, or um, see more in the world. So um, that and also um, telling them what to do for their application, you know, of, of a resume. You know, J Javen, he had invited invited in some people who was in, uh, a part of construction, having them coming in and speaking to uh, BSU about how to set up a resume, also what to do to um to uh, get your name out here, to get those connections. And I think that's just also another plan and, and trying to uh, succeed as a black man in the world or a black woman in the world. And also asking those questions to the, um, the teachers as well. Um, another thing is also, um, hmm, I, I think that's that's it for me right now. <laughs> David, you got it all, my man, good, just, good stuff. Hey, Josh, as you, uh, you know, work to get that uh, podcast up and jumping, Make sure you hit David up. You know, David does his own, another podcast, one of the biggest in the nation called The Recess Podcast. So he could definitely give you some pointers on getting that going. And I was going to say I got a producer for you, but. I, no, no, <laughs> no. Ah! <laughs> hey. You might you might get the random photos. But look, so we, we're almost at an hour. <laughs> so we, we always close the show with closing thoughts. And so we're going to definitely let our guests. Um, I'm going to go. Um, Doc's gonna go. We're gonna let you go, ball. You're gonna bring us home. Uh, but so I'm gonna start off with closing thoughts. I'll say this, and, and we're talking about black male educators, and we talk about the need to get more black male educators. Let me tell you where it starts, though. It starts with making sure that these black men, these black boys, have a positive school experience. Because why would I wanna go back to the place that caused me so much trauma? And so when you wonder why we can't get black men in the school, well, think about their, like, like was mentioned, their own K 12 experience. That, that trauma that they, they they had there, why would they want to go back into that? So if we can make school K-12 experience positive for black males, then we're more likely to get uh, black males that want to go in and teach. So that's my closing thoughts, man. Stop turning school into a trauma for kids, particularly black boys. Uh, so my, my final thought um, is going to be, and then after I'm, I'm go, we're going to let Josh do his final thought, then Javen and then Ball kind of wrap it up for us. But my final thought is, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear young black men talk about, you know, education and changing the field of education. You know, it was, you know, almost, man, 20 years ago that I started this journey into education. And now I sit on the other side where I'm reaching back and helping other young men um, do some of the things that I did, you know, all those years ago. So it's, it's refreshing to hear that. Um, and then one thing that's gonna really stick with me, um, and I think Javen said it, you know, best, you know, don't chase money, chase passion and impact. And, you know, I feel like that's, you know, what I'm trying to do for the rest of my life is just go after my passion, my impact. And, you know, the money going to find you. So that's my final thought. I appreciate you fellas coming on, man. Hey, Javen, man, you, you continue to make me proud, bro. I, I'm just glad to be a part of your circle. Javen, you got closing thoughts? Oh. Okay, um, so I want to first by uh, first start by thanking all of you for allowing me the opportunity on here. This was this was simply amazing. Um, we need spaces like this to be able to talk authentically about the field um, and the profession and how we are really valued in this profession um, and getting more people excited about going into the field of education. Um, and so my closing thoughts would be to. Um, First, seek opportunity, and then don't forget to give opportunity to those that uh, once gave to you. So um, making sure I'm all about giving back. Um, I have been blessed to be able to have such great mentors. Um, I, am, I am just so grateful for my village. Um, like Dr. Smith said, he's been with me since freshman year of high school. So going dating all the way back then, I'm just grateful for that and the opportunities. Um, I can't wait to uh, embark on the journeys that I'm going on and those future opportunities. And my biggest, biggest excitement is going to be uh, to be on the flip side um, and giving back. So. Man, I would also like to say thank you guys for having me on here. It definitely uh, opened my mind up more uh, just of what to to look out for in the world. Jamie, you taught me something. All you guys taught me something. And that that's something I would always want to leave with. And that's always something in, in the classrooms that I was taught about um, is just never come in as or how they say it in church <laughs> to never come in and not, you know, go out with something you, you 
feel indifferent to tell somebody else or you have that burning fire to tell somebody else that you learned something. So I, I definitely um, taken advantage of that. Uh, the saying that I was always turned uh, turned by was um, I'd rather be prepared for the opportunity and, and when the uh, opportunity come and not be prepared. So for those uh, that are struggling right now into the education, when that does come to you, you have to be prepared instead of just lacking off. Or then when that opportunity comes, just sleep on it and say, okay, well, the schoolwork, of course, I got that down, but then you sleep on that as well. Just keep up with your schoolwork and it'll get, it'll get, um, it'll get better and better as you go on. That's all I have for now. All right, fellas, I'm going to close it out. I just want to thank uh, Javen, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. It, just like Doc said, it's so refreshing to, to hear the passion in your voices um, because we need that. Uh, you know, we're, we're at a interesting time in education right now, uh, going through this pandemic, I mean, three of a pandemic and, you know, there's teacher shortages all over the place. We need the motivation. We need the passion. And I'll just say, you know, we, t- we talked a little bit about you know, the history that we uh, we've had as, as black people in education. You know, I, I, I encourage everyone that's listening, our kids out there. We have conditions of success that get that, um, but but let's have conversations, let's continue the dialogue, and let's continue it because um, excellence is out there, excellence is out there, and we have a long legacy of that, and and everybody in this podcast is, is part of that, and we're continuing on the tradition uh, that was uh, that was laid before us. So, just a shout out to y'all. Um, positive vibes and uh, let's continue to set the example for black males. So look, man, y'all got to make sure we just, (laughs) what? Rue, Ray, Rue. Anyway, listen, y'all, we want to thank both of y'all for coming on again. This has been episode 24. Shout out to, uh, hey, Doc Smith, shout out to you, man, for putting together, for bringing these brothers on. We appreciate you. So I'm going to go ahead and name it now. I'm producing the October show. It's called The Truth About Being a Black Male Educator, featuring the super producer. Ray Anchor is going to be on live with us, so you already know it's going to be buzzing. So be on the lookout for the official date for that. Obviously, it's going to be a Wednesday in October, looking around uh, October 22nd or October 27th. But again, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. That's coming up left. But definitely peace and blessings to both of y'all. Make sure you subscribe to this page. Share, tag this. And if you if you want to reach out, uh, oh, Josh, Javen, how can folks reach out to you, man? They want to send you some positive vibes, maybe send you some ramen noodles or something, man. Well, well how can folks uh, reach out to you, man? It, real quick, so just give you a, maybe an email address or something, or something we can share, Twitter handle, whatever, so folks can reach out. If you want to just drop that in the chat real quick, we'll share that out so folks can reach out to you. But this has been a Gage Podcast. We'll see you in a month. Peace, everybody. Go, Mark. <laughs>